What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Scott Wapner with Jim Cramer at the New York Stock Exchange. Carl's on assignment. David has the morning off. Let's go right to the board and take a look at futures on this big day. We are in wait and see mode for the most part. S&P and Dow would open as modest losers today. NASDAQ positive. Our roadmap starts with Fed Day. It is the big day. The Fed takes center stage. We'll find out if Jay Powell is talking about, thinking about tapering. Plus, CNBC's Evolve Global Summit is getting underway. We'll hear from the head of the IMF and the CEO of Novartis. And breaking news out of GM announcing it's boosting its global spending on EVs by 30 percent, totaling $35 billion through 2025. CEO Mary Barra is going to join us exclusively in just a little bit. So excited about that interview coming up. But this is the day. This is the big day. Look, I I think that we are all conditioned at this point for parsing every single word of this gentleman, uh, of Mr. Powell. And you know that there can be always one word that can trigger selling. We are in a seasonally weak moment uh, for 22 years, actually, seasonally weak beginning Friday. So uh, I am concerned that at one errant moment, Powell says something he shouldn't. Now, this is not, though, October 3rd of, uh, uh, what, 2018, when he blew up the market. The taper We're, tantrum? Right. Well, I was like the destruction tamper, tantrum. That was not a tantrum. That was like a full-blown timeout. And what I think has to happen here is that we have to have calmer heads and just say, he said, stay the course. We've seen a lot of peaking in a lot of, in a lot of different commodities. Uh, we have not seen a peaking in freight. Uh, and not a, and not a peaking in oil, and those are sticking points that can't necessarily. He's not. If he raises rates, it's not going to create more drivers, and it's not going to create more oil. So those who say that they should, we should raise rates at all costs, are not under, are not really understanding the nature of the U.S. economy. Oil two and a half year high as we have this conversation. Um, Copper and lumber though have rolled over. Yeah, and right? they, they've they, been coming down. Right, absolutely. And that matters. And uh, aluminum's going to run and come down now that the Chinese have decided that it should be lower and they have a command economy so they can make it go lower. Uh, oil is, again, you, you have a country where we're not drilling as much. Why, why would Shell be willing to sell what for $10 billion? $10 billion. The most fecund, I always want to use that word when it comes to oil, uh, Permian Basin. It's because we are very unfavorable now to the oils. And uh, Biden was against, President Biden was against drilling uh, offshore. Uh, FERC's going to be very anti-pipeline. So we're very constrained in this country, which means we're not going to pump more. We need the Saudis. Wait, uh, the Saudis are just waiting for a rig count to go up. Rig count's not going up, which is a very strange thing. The oil companies are exercising discipline, which is something that is very rare. And by, by the way, don't forget, when Engine 1 put a couple, I mean, three people on the board of Exxon, 
Well, that was a clarion call that you have to stop drilling and figure out what you're doing. And that's where that industry is. Exxon, by the way, is up 10 percent in June. But it should be because look about their Exxon now is the, the, the Larry Fink is in charge of a lot of part of the market, BlackRock. And you have to start playing ball with BlackRock when they run by the way, $8 trillion. World's biggest asset manager, right? And right? if they don't want you to destroy the earth, or if you want to put it the other way, to pollute a, little, a pollute a lot, then they have control. They're going to vote with the engine ones. I mean, if you and I decided we could be engine two, and we go after, and we go after say, uh, BP, you think BP's going to idly just say, you know what, we're going to, no, sorry, we've been running our commercials and we're, we're good. Game changer, right? BP's it's a game changer. Let me, let me ask you this. So, the Fed has been, I think we can say, um, has been capable, very capable over the years in its actions, but it's stumbled from time to time in its actual messaging, Absolutely, right? And that, I, you say, is the biggest risk that could come out well, of I mean, today. Powell has thrown out the book. Powell has decided it is time to help labor, right? Now, there are a lot of people who watch who, frankly, want the Fed decide on, to be on the side of capital. But I think that Jay Powell said over and over again, we have got to get minority employment back to where it was just a few years ago. It's double as bad, which is not good at all. He wants to put more people to work. I think he wants to wait. He, I think that what Powell's doing is saying, you know what, we don't have to act as rashly as, as we have had to as a Fed. And I just think that that's very, very smart. People want him to act rashly, and he's a prudent man. Well, he's fixated on the employment problem. It's like, well, Mr. Mr. Chairman, that, what about all these calls, Mr. Chairman, that, you know, inflation's out of control. You guys don't know what you're doing. Yeah, but there's eight and a half million jobs that are still open, uh, you know, Steve Leesman. Well, yes, uh, Mr. Chairman, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of people saying that you guys need a course correction because in, you guys are behind the boat with inflation. Yeah, but, I mean, this recovery's got a long way to go, such and such person from whatever news organization, right? People in the 330 That's what million he's people. The country, 330 million people in the country. He favors 329.5. Uh, I think that a lot of the richest people who come on say that he can destroy us, the working person, if he keeps this up. And there's actually no evidence whatsoever that that's the case. And it, it kind of galls me at times that the billionaires are protecting the, the little guy uh, and the CEOs. CEOs who make 200 million are not great protectors of the little guy. The market to this point has sided with the Fed, given the Fed the benefit of the doubts. And the Fed knows what it's doing. Barclays had that note this morning that I know you and Andrew were talking about that Carl had sent around, that the market is no longer pricing for out-of-control inflation. I mean, those are the facts, right? By virtue of the the 10-year. Look at the 10-year. You know, when the 10-year's at two, all these people tell us, okay, look what it's saying. But when it's at one and a half, other than Barclays, no one is saying anything. I mean, Barclays does that piece, and suddenly it is, it is like, wow, stop trading. The tenure, it, 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 that's why the tenure is going where it was. I don't want to bore people with this inside baseball, but Pal has said what, that inflation is going to run hot, but he wants to help unemployment. And to me, what he's saying is, is the working person needs help. Now, we do have this weird imbalance where there's a lot of jobs uh, that are going begging. And then there's a lot of people who need a job. And that's an issue. I hope he addresses that because that's very hard. I mean, we truck drivers pay a good wage. OK, and we need many more truck drivers. But it's also a you know, dangerous job and they work very hard. But if we had more truck drivers, inflation would come down rather dramatically. He's also, you know, they, the Fed, are, are thinking a lot about, <clears throat> excuse me, what's happening in the global economy. You know, we're having our, our global evolve summit 
today. The IMF chief was speaking there just a short time ago. Here's what she said. There is no separation in economic terms. We see global supply chains operating. And if anything, the pandemic just confirmed to us that we are interconnected and we are interdependent. It also sent a very important signal that we are dependent on mother nature. In other words, uh, we are in a world in which uh, there are global challenges we can only address together and our economy is functioning uh, in a a very strongly interconnected manner. Our Evolve Global Summit, by the way, continuing throughout the rest of the day today. What a stellar lineup. Look at that. Look at those hitters. CEO of Pfizer, McDonald's, Harley-Davidson, Dix, and more. And it's not too late to register. You can head over. That is someone. We've got a big lineup. That's right. That's That's going to be good. McDonald's is at the forefront of whether there's inflation or not. CNBC.com, CNBCevents.com slash evolve. So you want to head over there. We got a lot more coming up. Up next, an exclusive with GM chairman and CEO Mary Barra. Don't go anywhere. Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janice Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janice Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. GM announcing just moments ago it's upping its EV investment by some $8 billion to $35 billion through 2025. Our Phil LeBeau joins us now with a very special guest. Phil? Scott, thank you very much. Let's bring in Mary Barra, the chairman and CEO of General Motors, joining us from Washington, D.C. this morning. Uh, Mary, this is a huge commitment that General Motors is making. And I know you've got two pieces of news today. You've got the upgraded guidance for the first half as well as your EV commitment. Let's start first off with the EV commitment. Uh, $8 billion, two additional battery plants in, a, 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 in addition to the two you've already committed to. Uh, give me a, a, a blueprint, if you could, as you look over the next couple of years. Well, I think what we're seeing is with the strength of our Ultium platform and our commitment, uh, unwavering commitment to moving to EVs as quickly as possible, we continue to make advancements. You know, if you go back you know, just you know before the pandemic, we were at 20 billion as we worked through and said we were going to accelerate our our move to EVs. 
Uh, we went to $27 billion. And then because of the strength of the Hummer, the Hummer truck, the Hummer EV, the, the Cadillac Lyric and uh, Bright Drop and other commercial vehicle opportunities we have, in addition to the Chevrolet Silverado, we recognized that we needed additional battery cell ca- uh, capacity. So we're very happy to be announcing today that we'll be adding two more additional battery cell manufacturing plants in the U.S. Uh, by the end of 2025. You say the strength of whether it's the Hummer, whether it's the Lyric, the Bright Drop offerings. Are you hearing back from, A, your dealers or customers, uh, whether it's on the fleet side or elsewhere, who are saying, yeah, bring it. We want more than what you initially thought? Uh, actually, Phil, that is exactly it across whether it's Bright Drop, whether it's some of the commercial vehicle offerings that we're going to have, uh, whether it's the Hummer truck and SUV, the Cadillac Lyric. Customers are, uh, we're getting great customer feedback. And as you know, many of these vehicles, if they have been put on sale, uh, they're already sold out. Uh, or when we talk to our fleet customers, uh, very, very strong demand. And then we can't wait to start taking orders for the Cadillac Lyric. So across the board, we are seeing, seeing exceptionally strong uh, reactions and, and positive uh, uh, response to all of our electric vehicles. Mary, what's funding this is the fact that you're having a heck of a year in terms of profits. This morning, you raised your guidance for the first half. You now plan to make between eight and a half and nine and a half billion dollars. I know you already said you expected to do better than expected uh, for the second uh, quarter and for the first half. What are you seeing in terms of the ability to manage the chip shortage? Because I think a lot of people are going to be surprised when they see how well you're doing in the second quarter. Well, I I have to credit our team. We have a cross-functional team that is really seizing every opportunity to uh, identify chips and make substitutions to enable us to to continue to build our vehicles that are incredibly strong demand. And so with that work, with the strong performance of of General Motors Financial, and the fact that because of the work by the team, there were some chips that we were able to make available that allowed us to pull production from third quarter into second quarter, uh, all of that is contributing to uh, the strong results uh, that we believe we're going to deliver in this first half. The chip situation continues to be very complex and very volatile, but I'm confident our team is going to enable every single vehicle possible to be built. Mary, it's Jim Cramer, and it is so great to see you. Congratulations on everything you're doing, and particularly what you're doing for the environment. So great to see you. How are things going when it comes to what you're going to do with batteries? Well, uh, uh, Jim, it's great to see you as well. And, uh, you know, I think the the work that we're doing, not only do we uh, have one of the largest battery labs uh, in North America, I think the largest battery lab in North America, our team working in partnership uh, with startup companies as well as LG, uh, and then the work we're doing our own gives us confidence that we're going to be in a leadership position in battery cost. As we introduce the Ultium platform, uh, the cost will go down 40% from what they are today with the Chevrolet Bolt EV. And then by mid-decade, we expect that'll be a 60% reduction. And that's not the end. We have a a technological roadmap to take even further costs out of the battery cells while improving uh, energy density. Well, well, Mary, I know you as a competitive person, but also just someone who cares passionately about the environment. But I want to know, I mean, Elon Musk is someone who really basically tells us he's got a monopoly on everything particularly monopoly on the environment, monopoly on batteries. When I listen to you, I question whether Elon Musk doesn't, it may have some competition down the road that he may not be expecting. 
Well, I feel very confident with the EV product lineup that we have coming out and the fact that we have uh, exceptionally strong brands, huge customer loyalty, and a lot of customers are going to look to that trusted um, trusted vehicle and the trusted dealer to say, that's where I want to buy my electric vehicle from. So then when you look at the, uh, the safety and the reliability that is in General Motors products, I feel that we are in an extremely um, strong position to lead in electric vehicles, and we'll stop at nothing short of uh, in North America and then in other markets leading with electric vehicles because also we have the opportunity to provide a full range of vehicles, different brands, different price points to really capture um, the, uh, the emotional connection that people have to their vehicle. Hey, Mary, it's Scott Wapner. It's good to see you this morning. Just following on what Jim asked you, I just saw today Ford's Lincoln brand now expects half of its sales to be all electric models by 2026. Volkswagen's doing its thing. Jim obviously referenced uh, Tesla and Elon Musk. Who is your biggest competitor in your mind? Is it Ford? Is it Volkswagen? Is it Musk? Well, I've always taken every one of our competitors very seriously. But I also, you know, we are the number one um, vehicle producer in the United States, number two in China. So uh, we're going to keep doing uh, what it takes to satisfy the customer better than anyone else, not only with beautifully designed vehicles with the right range, but also with the right quality, durability, reliability, and battery technology that, you know, we really have a significant, uh, I think, a leadership position. We've been working on battery. Um, electric vehicles uh, for two decades. And so we're going to take all of that experience, the, the great learning that we've had with the Chevrolet Bolt EV and now the Bolt EUV, and put all that energy into uh, our brands across the board to win customers. So I take everyone very seriously, but I think we're exceptionally well positioned. Yeah. Speaking of, of Musk, he, he said recently that Tesla would consider accepting Bitcoin again if it became more environmentally friendly. You said at the end of March, when asked on, on a call about whether General Motors would accept Bitcoin, you said if there's strong consumer demand for it, there's nothing that precludes us from doing that. Have you thought more about it? Will General Motors accept Bitcoin? Our position remains the same. There's nothing that precludes us from doing that. We'll, we'll be driven by our customers. Uh, certainly, we want to uh, make the whole buying and ownership experience as easy as possible. So um, we'll follow their lead. Mary, you're in Washington today, and I know you're going to be meeting uh, with members of Congress, perhaps with some of the people in the Biden administration, about extending or expanding EV incentives, particularly when it comes to the federal tax credit, the $7,500 tax credit, which... People who are buying EVs from you are not eligible for now because you've already passed the threshold for sales. How optimistic are you that you can get that reinstated so that when people are going in to buy the Hummer, that they will be able to say, "Okay, yeah, I get the $7,500 federal tax credit? Well, I think uh, with the way the um, the current uh, bill or the legislation is being written, some vehicles uh, will will qualify. Some at the at the top end of the market uh, will not. But we really think being a first mover shouldn't be something that's penalized as we look at EV adoption. Uh, we're you know we're going forward with a full portfolio, but we think to level the playing field, having everybody have that same opportunity is going to be important. So we continue to have those discussions. I am optimistic that uh, the, there's uh, going to be a legislative solution here, and we're going to continue to, uh, to, to support those changes. And how, how do you feel about charging infrastructure in this country? I know you've been a big proponent of it. You guys are putting your own money behind working 
uh, with some of the charging companies on developing that. Do you expect more of a commitment from the Biden administration? Well, clearly it's part of the infrastructure discussion. I think the president has talked about 500,000 charging stations. And when we look at it, and we've done a lot of customer research on uh, charging, people like to charge at home if they have the opportunity to do that in their garage. Uh, Work is another uh, opportunity to charge. We're installing chargers in our work sites, and we'll continue to look for opportunities to encourage others to do that. But then we we do need to make sure that there's charging available for people who maybe don't have designated parking at home. That's why we're working with so many startups and making it easy for uh, for consumers that when they uh, leverage our, our app, for instance, on the Chevrolet Bolt, leverage the, the their Chevrolet app, they're able to easily know if they're going from point A to point B where they need to charge and, and that there'll be a charger there that's available and working for them. We're going to continue that work. And I think there's more to come from General Motors on what we'll be doing from an infrastructure perspective. All right. So, Mary, we know that you have a lineup that's unbelievable, including the Hummer, which you know how hard it is to get. But personally, you and I have talked about that. We know that you have one of the greatest battery infrastructure plans out there. How do we deal with the fact that all the analysts have to raise numbers after this after this broadcast that Phil has kindly brought to us? How do you deal with the fact that your battery business alone might be worth the whole company? Well, I think there's tremendous opportunity for value creation for General Motors um, with all of the different growth initiatives that we have. The Altium platform, and just yesterday we announced a a memorandum of understanding with WebTech to uh, supply Altium and Hydrotech fuel cells into the locomotive business. So I think when you look at the strength of the Altium platform, huge growth opportunity. I think when you look at what we're doing with BrightDrop, uh, we aren't really in that market right now, and I think that represents a tremendous business opportunity, and, and those initial vehicles will be going this year to FedEx Express. So uh, there's tremendous growth opportunity in the services part of our business, the software, because our vehicle is really a platform with our vehicle intelligence uh, platform, which is the electrical architecture and the services we put on that, OnStar's just the beginning, as well as OnStar Insurance. So I think there are several growth engines in General Motors, and we're going to just keep pushing ahead and accelerating them like we're doing today of announcing, you know, a faster pivot to EVs. Uh, So I I, I really see long-term value creation um, uh, for General Motors and for our shareholders. But Mary, if you're already selling uh, some of your batteries, why would we not be able to get a stake in this battery company that, again, I say would be worth more than the $88 billion market cap of your company? Well, I think, though, if you look at, you know, for an electric vehicle, it's all about the battery. And so owning that technology and the, and the ability that we have right now to sell it, uh, you know, within industry, with our, our partnership with Honda in other uh, opportunities, whether it's uh, large trucks or locomotives, stationary power, et cetera. I think uh, keeping that technology close and leveraging the deep battery expertise we have at General Motors is the way that we're going to accelerate that value creation. Mary, it's Phil. One last question. Uh, As you guys are planning to roll out two additional battery plants, in addition to the two you've already started work on, uh, there are more than a few skeptics out there, not just for General Motors, but for the EV conversion across the country who are saying we are not going to have enough of the raw materials needed to make as many vehicles as the automakers are committing to through 2025, let alone 2030. What do you say to the skeptics out there who who really do not believe that this ramp up 
will be able to take place on the timeline that you guys are throwing out? Well, I think one of the things you have to focus on is because of the battery expertise that we have in company, we've done a lot to minimize uh, the the uh, precious metals and the different um, elements that are uh, possibly going to be in short supply, continue to, to need less of them while improving the energy density. In addition, we have, I think, uh, the best purchasing uh, team um, in industry, if not in across industry, and the work they're doing to make sure that we have secure and ethically um, procured uh, uh, all of the the materials that we need from a battery perspective. That work's going on right now. So I can't speak for the whole industry. I can just tell you the work that's going on at General Motors. I have confidence that with uh, these four battery plants that we'll we'll have by the end of 2025, we will have the capability to to make sure we're able to deliver uh, on those EVs. And our our goal um, and our commitment to continue to work to be number one in EVs in, in the United States and then in other markets around the world. Mary, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Uh, A big day ahead of you, I know for sure, in Washington, D.C. Also a big day, Jim, for us to keep an eye on shares of General Motors. Uh, You heard what Mary had to say, or Scott, about uh, what they're doing, their commitment. Look at what shares of General Motors are doing right now, up more than 2.5%. This seems to happen every time they make this commitment to EVs. The stock moves higher. Scott, back to you. You are so right, Phil. This is just really big news, and obviously the stock's way too low. Thank you for that amazing interview. Yep, Phil, thank you. Barry, thank you as well. What you just tweeted, GM is worth far more than it is selling. Yeah. You're speaking about the stock. You bet. Yeah. All right, up next is Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell here at Post 9. We'll be right back. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. All right, it's time for Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. You want to talk about a dud this morning? We're going to expose a false narrative. Uh, Oracle's trading down. Everyone thinks, well, you know, the guidance was that bad. Safra Katz is very, very conservative. She did call it a fantastic quarter. There was absolutely nothing that indicated to me that that momentum won't continue. Uh, And not just because Larry Ellison would come here and beat beat that my head in if I with the two by no two by fours are too expensive except for for Ellison but listen they'll run you over with one of his yachts yeah Jeff Jeffrey's rate Jeffrey <laughs> says uh, raises price target JP Morgan raises price target BMO raises price target uh, Barclays says it's range bound uh, Stiefel raises price target City raises price target Piper in other words it's not going down by the stock for heaven's sake so we just ignore the guide it was lower than expectations oh Saffer always does that do people ever not listen to Saffra Cats? I've been listening to Saffra Cats since Saffra Cats was, I don't know, when, when she was just appointed. She does not ever, ever raise numbers. Right, we'll keep an eye on that, along with everything else. The opening bells, they're ringing, as you can hear at the big board. Convey Health Solutions celebrating its IPO. And up at the NASDAQ also celebrating its IPO is WalkMe, a digital adoption 
platform. We All right, so we uh, GM because it was such a huge interview. Yeah, you, you again. Not, we glossed over it because we had to go to break. But you said the stock is trading lower than it should be, even after it's had a great run. No, it doesn't matter. I mean, this this and Ford are such inexpensive stocks. If they could get the chips, I mean, Ford is sold out for everything that I know I want. GM will be sold out. Try to get a Hummer. Try to get one. You can't. I mean, when in your life have you ever seen it with two major auto companies? don't have enough inventory, and their used cars are worth so much. So if you lease a GM, and after three years you give it back to them, they can sell it for more than, they, than you paid for it. People don't understand the dynamics of this industry. How, how would you have answered the question I asked um, Mary about their biggest competitor? Who is it? I mean, I know you love Farley and Ford. VW? Right. I mean, should we even take it's, Musk it seriously it in, in the context of the conversation? Well, okay, there's two. Obviously take him seriously, but my, you know what Musk I mean. has to be taken seriously because he's been so successful. But versus but Volks, GM? Well, well, the only issue with GM and why Volkswagen is, I think, the biggest better is that Volkswagen over in Germany, they're, they've basically decided, listen, we are European, and the Europeans have spoken. They do not want internal combustible engines. So that's what Volkswagen is playing for. Volkswagen makes 10 million, 10 million cars. I happen to be at their Puebla plant. You know, the Puebla plant's the largest in the world. I mean, 55,000 people work there. I mean, they just, that's all the, all the ones that made, made in this country. And they're very, they're the most committed I know. You get everywhere. You've been there? Yes, I've been there many times. Right. Uh, and, and they are so committed, uh, VW, because of where they are. I mean, don't forget, Europe is different from here. I mean, they, you know, I got a ticket for recycling, but putting a green bottle in a brown thing, I thought all glass is sorted. It was like a it was a citizen's arrest, basically. They take this stuff very seriously. <laughs> we are not there yet. Um, Even though I have Lionel Basil tonight, and they are trying very hard to get it so that people in America separate. So I, I'm we're look, not separated. I'm looking at the way we uh, have opened here, and obviously we're in wait and see mode for well, no later this afternoon. But the banks, for example, are placing their bets on what's going to happen today, and that's nothing. That J-PAL's not going to announce anything really substantive about tapering. But all the banks are down off the open. They've been down this okay. week. They've been down this month. All right. Here's what. Member Treasury Secretary Rubin. So I interviewed him when I was at Street.com, trying to make news. Okay. He starts the interview by saying, I want to tell you right now, nothing I say is making news on air, on record, nothing. So if you even say for a moment that there's new news here, I'm going to dispute that. So I want to repeat again. There is nothing in this interview that really matters. It's not going to change anything. And if you say that I've changed my mind, I will discredit you. But you're saying that even if he comes out today, Jay Powell, and says, we acknowledge that we're talking about tapering. That's not new news that they put it on the table. Yes, we are talking about it, but we still well, have a long way to go before we actually well, I mean, get to that point. Are they supposed to just sit there and talk about the nets? I mean, I mean KD's if, performance last night was epic. You think well, he didn't watch he that? talks about KD. Uh, I, I, too, think that there is an issue here, which is that to admit that you're talking about it, the only way to combat that is to say this is not news. I admit we're talking about it. This is not news. We've thought about it. This is because, you see, when the when the hecklers, also known as the reporters, go after him, of which I've already said, just cut it to four or five people, Jay. Enough. I mean, don't not everyone. You know, draw straight. Leisman, have a little Leisman, lottery. Leisman, 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 Leisman. Well, it's hey, uh, whatever. Uh, but it, <laughs> it, just pick five names out of a hat. OK, and those are the only five, because I mean, really, Jay, don't you have better things to do than sit there and take the same question over? And I feel bad for Jay. He's kind of locked in, but he ought to say at the beginning, I'd like to just say, as Jim Cramer told me to say, that would be 
that would make my head so big I couldn't get through the door, but I would like imagine? that. Uh, We'd have to as, take down the plexiglass uh, around this thing. Absolutely. As Jim Cramer told me to say, nothing I say is news. So if you say it's news, no, I'm not kidding. He has to say it. He can leave my name out of it. I'm, I'm happy to give it to Jay because I like him so much. Okay, so what's the post-Fed playbook based on what you just said, that really nothing's going to happen? Well, then I think that there'll be people who say, I've got to go buy the industrials. He's giving you green light to buy the free ports of the world. Chinese trying to fight you on that. Chemicals? Oh, my chemicals, yes. I have Lyondell on tonight. One of the reasons I want them on is because that's the quintessential stock to buy if you believe that he says, look, nothing I say, Steve, is is deviant from what I've said before. Really? Because Paul Tudor Jones said it's the NASDAQ you want to look at, right? That can go up 20% if they do nothing. uh, Commodities. Commodities. Lyondell's like the great Well, he said commodities, too, but he said the NASDAQ could go up 20% if they do nothing. You know, we didn't even talk about the 20-year-old, I'm sorry, the 32-year-old who's now in charge of the FTC. I Lena, mean, Lena Khan? Yeah, Lena Khan, who, by the way, just for the record, spell check always makes it come out Line Khan. I know you're making jokes here, but how much of an issue is None. her appointment None. to big tech? OK, here's why. No, because if you break up Amazon, say there's no city about how everyone loves Amazon, it would be worth a lot more in pieces because the prime's worth a thousand dollars. If you break up Facebook, then you get both Facebook and you get Instagram. If you break up Alphabet, holy cow, bring it on. We'll sell Waymo, right? I mean, that would be the greatest thing in the world. Apple's now a health company. Give it a PE of 32, like the health companies. That leaves Netflix, which we saw this morning in a note that was just, I think, sage-like. Uh, there it is, right here. JP Morgan's incrementally positive. They like the slate. So obviously, JP Morgan's looked at the new movies and new series and likes them. I have not. We do have some people here who watch what the series are. I mean, obviously, Netflix now no longer bound by COVID can start doing some of the things it used to do. So Amazon and Lupin, by the way, started Amazon, a popular show, favorite, favorite by a lot of people. Amazon, which is I mean, this feels kind of late that Jeffries is adding it to its top pick. They're taking off. They're taking off uh, Alphabet. Yeah, that was needless. Amazon's your your favorite. Oh, my. Yes. To the moon, as those guys used to say, who were one time involved with that thing. The the journal, though, this morning has an interesting read on how Apple's sort of move to become this health company isn't as perfect as everybody is making it out to be. He came on Man Money, said, listen, his legacy is going to be healthcare company. Not mentioned, of course, in that article. I know, but it doesn't happen overnight, Jim, right? I mean, it's happening. The watch. The watch is going to be how you regulate your life. I mean, when the auto, my wife had the auto light go on. On, on her car, which is years old and has like 160 miles. Like the engine yeah, light? the engine light. On, right? Now, we spent more time with the, with the engine light than we have on our health all our lives. Like the engine light, the engine light. I mean, but when this watch says you've got the engine light of your body, that's going to be Tim Cook's le- legacy. The engine light. This is going to be your engine light. I got a picture of my wife there with me. It's really great. I wish we could do a close-up. But it is, that's his legacy. And it's going to be the watch, and it's going to be tied into blood pressure. We're going to know whether you're about to have a heart attack. 600,000 people die of heart attacks needlessly. That is Tim Cook's legacy. Okay, so that's big picture legacy. What gets the small picture? No, but I want to know what gets the stock out of the 120s. It's been sitting there for a while. You sound like someone calls on the show and says, you know what? I own Amazon and it was up 200 points last week. It has it was it's it's, it's not been up today. By, uh, Apple's like, oh, I don't know. Apple's I look, up big last year. It sits Nvidia, at 125 Nvidia, forever. Right? Now Nvidia it's at 125. Now it's 712. What is that Jensen Wong doing out there? No, I mean, come on. Apple was up huge last year. It's it's, it's consolidated. 
Okay, well, when does it finish consolidating? Because Amazon was consolidating, too. That's when, starting to move. When's Apple going to really start to move again? You cut me to the quick. I don't know. I think it has to report a couple of really great quarters where we see the ancillary products. I was at the Apple store yesterday just to be able to say, of course you that were. if you asked me about that, it was packed. We had to wear masks. But uh, if the uh, accessories and the the service revenue stream go up and we begin to get the value Apple by long term value of customers, as we got a note today for Amazon saying they're worth a thousand dollars, then we're all going to raise estimates of what of what this company's worth. And that's what's going to happen. That's how Apple's going to go higher. And Apple Plus, all the different ancillaries, Apple Pay. When people start valuing these for what they're worth, then the stock is going to go much, much higher. All right. Uh, we said we're uh, we're open, but we're kind of in wait and see mode. We have uh, got so a Dow that's Roblox. barely oh, Roblox. Is, There's a big roadblock one. Roadblock. You see Roblox. No, Roblox is getting hammered, right? I got to look at it. That's ugly. It's down almost 11 percent. Well, they had some pretty bad numbers. I was going to try to hedge that and say they had some suboptimal numbers, but sometimes things breach suboptimal and go right down to the bad level. It did there. <laughs> suboptimal. Did you look at DraftKings, by the way, since we talked about it yesterday? Yeah. Well, right. I mean, we had the Hindenburg report and then we had another report that Kathy Wood bought 900,000 shares, 42 million dollars worth. How many divisions? Not does insignificant. Have? You know, with Hindenburg, this is, I think, may not look again. I work for DraftKings. Uh, I, I think Jason Robinson runs an outfit where he literally could take this one division and just sell it to somebody for a dollar. And then Hindenburg, this ST division, and then Hindenburg would have to say, you know what? No harm, no foul. Stock goes higher. All, all Jason has to do is get rid of that one division, which he could. He doesn't need it. It's 8% of the revenue. But let's just take the move that, that Kathy Wood made. For, take, take, the, take the story itself out of the picture in terms of what drove DraftKings down. Let's just say a number, you know, a number of those ARC stocks go down. Did Kathy Wood, is that the right playbook? If these, any, well, she's been a number of these, the stocks, she buys all the way down. She's but been that, averaging down. That's which why we I asked you, is that the right team. play for the average Joe who is in Kathy Wood stocks? Uh, you get hit, not, you buy. You get hit, you buy. That historically has not been a good way to uh, run a fund. Now, remember, she doesn't run a fund. She's always anxious to tell you that the inflows don't matter in, in ways to the which I don't really fathom because it's true that they do matter, uh, even if it's an ETF. But I would say going over Hindenburg stuff, and I, I know Hindenburg, totally backed him on Nikola, totally, totally backed him on Lordstown, backed him, backed him on Clover, did not back him on Grow Generation because the fundamentals were too good for the pot industry. Notice I don't call it cannabis. Cannabis is how they try to get it. You, they try to upscale it. I think that what matters with DraftKings is gambling, whether more people will gamble and whether they have a low cost of acquisition. That's what matters, not this division that they can get rid of tomorrow. So Kathy Wood, I think, ultimately is going to be right. If you have a look, if you have an NFL season where more people want to gamble, do you think we're going to remember this little division that's 8% of their business? No. No, legal gambling is one of the most important trends in the country. I know. Every state is bankrupt. It's not like they're the only players, though. I mean, you know, oh. Penn National's pretty good, right? Oh, that stock's been good. Room, there's room for Penn Nat. Right. And they got that uh, barstool. That's very good. Hey, listen, there's even room for FanDuel for when it comes to that. I mean, but I think when you look at DraftKings' site uh, and you look at the money they pour into it, they want to be first mover advantage and they want to dominate. And uh, only Penn Nat can stand in their way, I think. Another winner I wanted to highlight this morning with you, Jim, uh, SoFi. 
is up better than 2%. Got an initiation call today at Rosenblatt. That was $30 the price target. It's, that's, you know, substantial from here because it's at 21 bucks. Look, I, I Antinoto is very good. Uh, SoFi is uh, the uh, an enemy of the J.P. Morgans of the world. SoFi, PayPal, it's like kind of now it's, it, is a, it is a trinity. Right. It's square, square, PayPal, PayPal and, and so I mean, Noto's injected himself into the debate. It's the trifecta of kind of pain for Jamie Dimon yesterday. Well, right. This Jay- sort of the envy we, we didn't, Jamie we didn't get has. it. We could have gotten it. We didn't get it. He has tremendous envy for the companies that don't have to play ball with the regulators, don't have to worry about deposits and what the Fed says. You know, look, Jamie is basically saying we got to play with one hand tied behind our back. These guys can do whatever they want. I think he's right that it's not fair. But you know what? Life's unfair. Said they Fair's got nothing to do with Deserves has got nothing to do with it. Classic line. Right, but fair doesn't have anything to do with missing the boat. They missed the boat. He missed the he boat. said so. He yeah. said so. We didn't say so. He said so. No, he said it. Bob Pisani. Uh, today's the big day, and then the real work begins, right? That's right. We've got the second half of the year to go through. Uh, flattish open as we wait for the Fed. But this inflation trade, it's looking very, very toppy. I want to show you some stocks here. But look at the sectors uh, today, as we always do. Tech's leading early on. Uh, healthcare. There's your growth sectors right there. Banks. Materials you see down again today. That's what I'm talking about. That's a proxy for the inflation trade. Take a look at these global copper producers. There's not a lot of them. Antofagasta over in, uh, in London trades in London. Down again 2%. Reports down uh, 2%. Southern Copper is the other big one. That's down almost 2%. This has been happening for several weeks now. Take a look uh, at where they are from their 52-week highs. All of these stocks topped out in May. Why am I bringing it up? Well, these are proxies for the inflation trade. May was when they looked 20%, 27% for Antofagasta. Southern Copper down 25% from their 52-week high. And it was only five or six weeks ago. So there's a proxy on the inflation trade. We'll see if that continues. Where are we right now? Let's just call the summer trading days. That's what's going on. Do you know the last time we had a 1% move in the S&P? It was May 20th. It was 17 days ago. That's a little strange, folks. Uh, Last time we had a 5% pullback, it was October. Those of you who don't follow these kinds of internal machinations, it's very typical for the S&P 500 to have a 10% correction from its recent high to its recent low at least once a year. We haven't had a 5% correction since October. That's why a lot of people are sort of walking around saying, gee, where's the trend? Well, the Fed's going to come and we are going to have a second half of the year. I'll tell you what the big themes are right now. And one really big theme that everybody's trying to figure out. Obviously, taper talk and inflation are going to sort of be the main issues here. But we've got some tax uncertainty, a little less than it was a couple months ago. There's some concerns about profit margin erosions. Maybe we'll be squeezed by input costs that are not going to be offset by price increases, maybe. But the big thing I see is confusion on the economic side. Where are we? This is a variant on the peak everything theme. Are we at a peak of everything or are we not? Well, the variant is what's going on with the economic cycle. So there's different ways to look at this because you don't different stocks. So, for example, in the early stage of an economic cycle, you have an economic ex- expansion. You would traditionally buy cyclical stocks, industrial stocks, material stocks. Are we there or are we past that? What happens to the other stage, about the middle stage? That's when the growth and earnings will start still strong, but they're decelerating. Interest rates are still low. Here you're trying to buy technology. A lot of people that say that's where we are right now. But there are other people who don't agree. They think we're slowly moving into a later stage where we're going to get higher rates and inflation. We're going to have high P.E. ratios. And you're going to have to go out and buy defensive stocks. Put up that next full screen. You're going to see here that later stage. So what happens now? 
after that? What, where are we right now? Why can't we figure out what stage of the economic cycle we're in? Well, because we had this distortive effects of fiscal monetary policy, which were necessary, of course, to deal with what's going on. We have this depressionary bust in, in March of last year. We went to a boom in a few months. We've never seen that before. If that doesn't create confusion, I don't know what will. So what's coming next? Are we going to have a boom era? Some people think we are. And I know people who think we're going to have, Scott, rampant inflation going back to the 1970s. This is not, let's have GDP at two or two and a half percent. These are miles apart in their opinions. And it's because we can't quite figure out where we are. Maybe the Fed can help us a little bit today. Scott, back to you. We will see. We are counting down to that, Bob. Thank you very much. And as we head to break, take a look at how treasuries are faring this morning. Yeah, wait and see mode there as well. We were talking about the 10-year note yield this morning. It's sitting at 148. I think that's the lows of the morning, too. 30-year is at uh, 217. Lower across the board as we await the Fed's policy statement. That's due out at 2 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be right back. I still would say it is remarkable that 18 months from uh, when this virus first emerged, we have billions of vaccine doses produced, multiple therapeutics, and Novartis is playing its part also producing for some of our partners. We should have over 10 billion doses, we hope, by the end of this year produced around the world. All right. The CEO of Novartis at CNBC Evolve Global Summit discussing healthcare in a post-pandemic world. It's just more more good news. There's the Regeneron well, news about today. The story? I wish people could we could hold up the cover, the front page of The New York Times. It basically just California and New York are now open for business. Yeah, they are. Uh, and there were fireworks on last night. So I said, what? I went on to my wife. I said, what are the fireworks for? She goes, we hit 70 percent. I mean, this is a country. That where there are parts of the country where things where wouldn't know what 70 percent is. And then there are other parts of the country means we're herd immunity. We can go anywhere we want and do anything we want. And we can go around the world. We can go to Italy, go to Europe. Every, look, this he's right. Well, on, is right. on that note, speaking of being able to go to, to Europe, the EU has added the U.S. to its safe travel list. So that's a that's a big it's step. Incredibly important, because if you're an airline, if you're Delta, race numbers, Delta. I'm not kidding. If we had film right now, raise numbers, Delta. Raise numbers, United. Uh, right now. Well, there, there, are raise people, numbers. there are people who are raising numbers on things like the cruise lines, right? The big three got an upgrade. That's Why not? Carnival, NCL, and, uh, and RCL upgraded at Wolf today. Right. Yeah, um, well, it's because the people want to cruise very badly. Yeah, I know. But we had, a, we had someone on yesterday in the 10 o'clock hour who suggested all of that good news is already in the stocks. So it's not like, you know, there's a one-sided yeah. view here. Well, well, this look, is positive. I mean, the other one yesterday was, well, I don't, you know, look, a, a take, lot of this move is here. Look, already. I'll take, I, that has not been the case in this market. This is a market that uniquely does not know how to do the old days of uh, discounting. Every time someone comes out and says something new, like Amazon, do we know that Amazon Prime isn't worth more? Of course we know. But then they come out and say it. I mean, everything moves. GM moves. SoFi moves. What's the best? Things move. Best cruise stock right now is what? still Norwegian because they got the best balance sheet. Best hotel stock right now is what? Uh, I still have to go with, with Airbnb. Oh, okay. Best airline stock right now. Oh, that's, you know, geez, it's always going to be Southwest. I have no, no compunctions. All right. I'll, I like the rapid fire. we got to take a break, though. CNBC's Evolve Global Summit continuing throughout the rest of the day today. We do have a stellar lineup. The CEOs of Pfizer, McDonald's, Harley-Davidson, Dix, and many more. And it's not too late to register either. Head over to CNBCEvents.com slash Evolve to attend. We'll be right back on Squawk on the Street.
Time now for stock trading. Sometimes calls are, uh, you were talking earlier about what people know and what, what is, uh, how many times you can get discount information. Well, here's new information. This morning, Boston Beer City is take, cutting, cutting the price target. Slow down in companies Nielsen, she calls disconcerting. Hmm. I've got to tell you, uh, Sam's too high if that's the case, Boston Beer. I'm disconcerted if she's disconcerted. Oh, the stock's up now? Are you kidding me? All right, go. Right in my face. Let's be the memesters. They say the trends look really bad. Wait, well, don't you think that's negative? That sounds negative to me. Well, I wouldn't be a buyer of the stock into that moment. Remember, Sam has been one of the hottest stocks in the world, uh, and a lot of that is truly because of true. Well, right in the pandemic? What do you mean, like drinking during the pandemic? Now we're coming out of the pandemic? You're, no, everyone that goes, you know, as much you beer. go in the refrigerator these days when anyone who's under 30 and all it's do is fill with this white claw and truly really taste terrible. And watch out, Corona's got one coming. Everyone's I, got one coming. I, I'm the only one that doesn't have one coming. One, which is which one? High Noon, I think it's called. High Noon. Well, that's really perfect. Good. I like High West, but that's oh. a whole different drink. Oh. All right. Hey, listen, tonight What's I've got that? Albertsons, yep. and we're going to talk about inflation. I've got Lion Dell, and we'll talk about inflation. And I have Centene, and we'll probably talk about... The Fed? Inflation. Because the, the Fed is, you know, look, today is a day where we know if, if Pal doesn't do what I say, which is that I'm not making any news today, right. I'm sticking with my thesis, then he's going to have to be, heck, be hectored by every single reporter. and It'll be a nightmare because okay. one of those reporters is going to get under his skin and he's going to say, enough already. I hope he mentions your name, as we said at the top, because if he does, I can't I wait to see him do it. If you can make I it in the set. I mean, you know, I do. I mean, I actually like the guy. Right, I, we got to go. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.